Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you all so much for tuning in to the PHNX Coyotes podcast. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah here with Craig and Petey as always. And with the NHL draft just 56 days away, but who is counting? Not me. Um, It's time to kick off our NHL draft previews. And we are so excited to welcome back uh, the Athletics NHL Prospects Analyst, Corey Promen. Corey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Corey, uh, this is great timing. You just released your latest rankings today. So, you know, <laughs> we, we want to think that we had something to do with that, with you appearing on our show. Um, but anyway, there have been a lot of comments on on your list, as you get all the time. Some people with astute observations, some people who maybe don't understand the process of what you do. <laughs> but there, there were some surprises, maybe mild surprises to readers uh, on your list. So... I want to get inside that a little bit, how you put together these rankings, um, have recent postseasons or international tournaments or your conversations, your many conversations with scouts and executives altered your draft board. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I just got back from the U18 World Championships. So I think that was a big contributing factor to any significant movement on the list. I mean, you're always watching games throughout the course of the season. I'm always talking to people in the league. At the end of the day, what I publish is my own opinions, uh, but I'm only one person. I can't watch every single hockey game in the world. So I, I do highly value the opinions of the, of the many professional scouts I, I, I know and are willing to share their opinions with me on the top draft eligibles. So that definitely goes part of the process. And the recent U18 World Championships was a big contributing factor to some movements, in particular when it came to the American team and the Swedish team, which contributed to a great gold medal game. And I thought were full of promising pro prospects. Corey, I got a glimpse of this when I worked with you at The Athletic, but can you maybe give people a, a sense of just how many of these conversations you're having on a daily or weekly or monthly basis? I, I imagine your phone's blowing up all the time. Yeah, it varies through different points of the season. We are entering more of a busy season right now. It's actually our first June draft uh, since the Jack Hughes draft in 2019. Wow. So it's getting a, it's getting very busy right now. The draft lottery is actually quite late relative to what it usually is. So we're once we have our draft order, it's really going to be, I think, a sprint for us in the prospect business for the next five, six weeks. So is the headline for the 2023 NHL draft still the big four and the rest, or have things changed a little bit? 
I think the play of Will Smith, not just at the U18s, but throughout the entire season, um, just an incredible season, one of the most productive seasons ever by an NTP player. Um, and it just wasn't just the numbers. I think you look at the way this guy plays and it's incredible skill and, and hockey sense. He plays fast. And I think this is a guy who not every single scout I talk to agrees he deserves to be in the conversation with, say, Leo Carlson or Adam Fantilli or Matvey Michkov. But I think there's enough people who think it's in this conversation, enough people out there who if they had, say, the third, the fourth pick and Leo Carlson was still on the board and Will Smith was still on the board, that they would be having very frank conversations. I think you can make some pros and cons lists on the two of them, and, and, and it would be an interesting debate. Uh, so I do think the play of Smith uh, throughout the season, but especially into the latter parts of the season, and into a very important moment where he was the MVP of the U18s, has elevated him into that conversation where he could be whatever the fourth, third player picked, I think is a, is a realistic possibility. So obviously you just mentioned Will Smith as someone whose draft stock is rising, and we'll get to more individuals in a bit here, but who else do you see has um, rising draft stock and why? Well, I think that whole top line just has been incredible with the NTDP this year. Was Smith was a center. I think he was the driver on that line. But, but Kay Perot also put up incredible numbers this season next to him. Ryan Leonard's a hell of a hockey player and scored the, over, the OT winner in the tournament and been a great all-around player. And But I think – and while but those three were known commodities. I think it was the play of Team Sweden in general that was really interesting from that tournament. And I think the, there's a couple of Swedes in particular that are on the rise. Uh, but I think the one that I think really stood out to everybody was the play of, of Tom Willan. Uh, a unique uh, development path for him as a first-year draft eligible. He is committed to playing college next season at Boston University. You don't mm -hmm. see a lot of Swedes who are top prospects go, go play college hockey, but he will be at BU next year. Uh, he played 30 minutes in that gold medal game. He was outstanding in that tournament, especially in that gold medal game against the United States. Uh, you know, really good skater. And I think this is a guy who has a chance uh, to kind of be in the mix for, you know, one of those Coyotes picks. I think the second pick being more realistic, but I think this is what he has emerged, in my opinion, as one of the very best defense prospects in this draft. On the flip side of that question, is there anybody whose draft stock maybe is falling? And, and again, why? I think there was the play of a couple of the Canadian kids at that tournament that, that wasn't as inspiring. I thought that that Team Canada under 18 team would come in and, and be a strong contender in that tournament. I thought they had a ton of talent, but I, I thought a lot of those top rated players, whether it was Colby Barlow, uh, Lucas Dragosevich, Riley Height, Andrew Cristal, they didn't really ever get a clicking in that tournament and really ever really um, look like a top team. They got rolled over by Sweden twice actually in that tournament. So I think, I, there's still plenty of great Canadian prospects in this year's draft, but I thought that uh, that that 05 age group, I thought really missed guys like Zach Benson, Braden Yeager, Tanner Molendick, and I think some of those guys maybe hurt themselves a little bit that week. Let's talk about the holy grail of this year's <laughs> draft. It's a guy that we've been talking about since he's been 14 or 15 years old. The season's over. I want to ask you about Connor Bedard and where sure. he is eight weeks before the draft, but... I want you to compare him to where we were a year ago at this time and how we talked about Shane Wright, the comparables and the differences with where Connor Bernard is today. I mean, it's a complete different conversation. <laughs> Shane Wright ended his season on a really you know poor note. He kind of was invisible in that in that playoff series against North Bay, and I thought you watched him throughout the season, and and then the conversations around Shane were he's a really good 
player, a lot of positives in his game. But can you name me like that one game, that one moment where he looked like a number one pick, where he really shined and looked like a, a differentiator? And with Connor Bedard, you can go through like a hundred moments, frankly. Like there's <laughs> like there's so many times he has over the last few years where he's you know shown game breaking skill, game breaking goal scoring ability. A guy who at the World Juniors rose to the occasion and, pl- and played big and and for for a guy his age and in to an incredible level. Um, so I think there's a there is a differentiator there. You know, I don't think Bedard. I think that's, we're going to have an article on this going up tomorrow at the Athletic. You know, I think there are people in the league who would push back on calling him, say, a McDavid level prospect. You know, McDavid was the definition of, I think, of a perfect hockey player. And I think you can pick <laughs> apart little things about Bedard with his size, you know, for, for example, but, and maybe not the kind of skater that, that McDavid was, nobody is. But I, I think, you know, this guy is one of the very, very best prospects of the last 10 to 15 years. Doesn't mean he's going to be a, su- a superstar, uh, but I think he has all the makings of a guy who can change the trajectory of a rebuild uh, for whichever team is fortunate enough to win the lottery on Monday. The Coyotes. Um, (laughs) So we talked about size. Let's talk about a different guy playing in a different league. Let's talk about where you put Adam Fantilli today. And where has he, you know, improved over this season? And what do you think of him before the draft? I think he is definitely a guy. I think you kind of knew coming in the year that Bedard was going to tear up Junior. I thought you think you knew sure he was one of the best players, one of the better players for Canada at both the canceled World Juniors and then the Summer World Juniors. He was going to have a big World Juniors. I think it was Fantilli. You knew coming into college he was going to be really good. He was an excellent junior player in the USHL. Uh, but I don't know if even his biggest fans saw this season coming, where he was going to be the guy in college hockey, where he could carry a team on his back on a consistent basis and show not just the size and the skating and the physicality that we saw from him, but just really being an elite skill guy, an elite offensive player to go with all those other characteristics that we think will make him a really good two-way center in the NHL. I think this is a guy who in any other draft of the last 10 years would be firmly in the conversation to be the first overall pick, and if not the favorite to be the first overall pick in a lot of other recent drafts. He is an exceptional hockey player and, you know, we kind of said the same things about Jack Eichel at the same age. And Jack Eichel has been an incredible hockey player. Obviously, he's playing the second round of the playoffs right now. One of the best players for Vegas. You know, maybe he is Eichel. Maybe he's better than Eichel. You know, time will tell. But I think you know, he has the foundation to be a star number one center in the NHL. Corey, I know you've written extensively about this. Um, so I really want to tap your knowledge on this one. I've talked to a few different executives. It's really interesting, the perceptions and the feelings about selecting Matt Fabe-Mitchkov in this draft. So first, let's let's get your overall read on that situation. Just sort of paint the picture for people of what it means to draft Matt Fabe-Mitchkov with all that's going on in the world right now. Well, I mean, first you got to start with the player. We're talking, you know, I'm saying really positive things about Will Smith today. You know, he's a great hockey player. He had a great season. He is, you know, a true, you know, potential impact player in the NHL. Will he, won't he be, we'll find out with time. He was the MVP of the U18 World Championships. Matvey Mishkov was the MVP of the U18 World Championships two years ago. <laughs> you know, this is a guy who is just scores at incredible levels wherever he goes, whatever level. He scored today. He's playing for Russia's senior national team. He scored a goal today. Like this, this is what this guy does. He is an offensive dynamo. He gets among the. He is not a perfect player. By any means, he is a 5'10", some might say 5'9", winger. He's not an amazing skater. He's not killing penalties in the pro level anytime soon. 
uh, but he gets among the highest grades I've ever given a prospect in terms of skill and hockey sense. I mean, this is like I said, he has there's special characteristics about this player, and I think a lot of scouts I've talked to felt like if he was playing in the CHL, he is pushing Connor Bedard. Doesn't mean he is going to be number one, but he would push him. They think, hmm. uh, but that is there is uh, complications in his case. Uh, yeah. The KHL contract that will take him for three full seasons uh, after his draft, meaning you are realistically getting him in your the fourth NHL season after his draft. We will be, if you know, uh, presuming everything everything goes well with your negotiations. Uh, he plays on Scott St. Petersburg, which has a lot of influence and often attempts to re-sign players. Carolina's currently doing that with Alexander Nikishin, who, in my opinion, if they uh, if he was playing with them right now, he'd be one of their best players. But he signed for you know he signed a several year extension with with Scott uh, last summer. So that's a complicating factor. Uh, but other Scott players have come. Yes, I'll ask Cross one right away. Yeah. Yes, physically put coals and went right away. So it's not a guarantee on yeah. that front. And then you have the war, the the, the war going on <laughs> between that. Russia and Ukraine, and that's a complicating factor. I think what was interesting this week is when the KHL season ended and contracts rolled over uh, on May first. Is we've seen the last two days a lot of highly picked Russians signed with NHL teams. Uh, six, and I believe there's a couple more coming. Uh, first, second, third round pick players signed with their NHL teams in the last couple of days. Which is interesting, which you know, when talking about maybe other Russians, but but Mitch Kov's a different case because of the the kind of pick you have to use to get him. If you're picking 20, if you're picking 15, you're picking 45, it's it's a different calculation as opposed to saying no to Leo Carlson, saying no to Will Smith, which are gonna be, we think, have really good chances to be impactful NHL players, potentially star NHL players. And I, but again, I think with Mitch Kov, it's one of the most fascinating conversations about a prospect I've ever seen in my time doing this just because the caliber of this player yeah. you know he is a number one overall pick type of prospect in your and conversations with scouts and executives how do they weigh that risk reward it really depends who you ask like I, I like mm. you can you will you'll find executives who have absolutely no time to do that high in the draft and others who are like yeah no sign me up like you just take the best player and they would argue, you know, all the all the good ones come eventually. The good Russians, he, he means, and and, and like I said, it's it's it, I think it's really going to be organizationally dependent on how the draft order falls out and where certain organizations are with their risk tolerance, with their job security, with their overall philosophy towards drafting Russians uh, on their specific homework on the Mitchkov case. Um, so I think I think that's going to be really dependent. Like I, said, I can ask different people in different organizations, and I get wildly different answers on what they think is the best course of action with him. And ultimately, it doesn't really matter what executives I talk to, like which directors of scouting or AGMs. This come, this is an ownership call. This mm. is a GM call primarily, but it will every team will say, you know, it, it all depends what our owner says because it doesn't matter. Oh. All the hockey guys agree he's a great hockey player. That's really interesting. And, it, and it, you just laid out a lot of variables, so maybe it's not even fair to ask this last question on Mitch Cup, but – I, I just wonder how far could he fall? Like I, I remember Craig Button talking about this, like with the Coyotes second pick, if Ottawa falls at 12, they don't jump up. Could he fall as far as 12 where you're taking a second high first round pick? Is that the time that you, you absolutely can't pass on Mishkov or is there no chance he's even going to be there at 12? I'm not going to say no chance because in a world with a lot of uncertainty towards the top Russians and, and the situation where Mishkov is very unique, I'm not going to sit here and say no chance. Uh, but I think, 
I think there's going to get a point really early in the draft. You know, once Fantilli is gone, once Carlson is gone, maybe one or two other players, maybe it's Smith, maybe it's David Reinbacher. There's going to get to a certain point in the draft where him versus the next best alternative, frankly, gets ridiculous. Where you're talking about guys who like project as like 40 line, sorry, 40 points, second line wingers or something like that, or you know, you know, decent two-way centermen, and and you're saying no to a guy who has the potential to be like a really impactful scorer at the pro level. So I mm-hmm. think I don't know if that point happens. And again, I think there are organizations that will talk about him in that early tier. But even if you aren't, I guess I think there gets to a certain point, it'll happen really early. I think somewhere between the my best estimate, somewhere in the six to ten range, is my best guess as to where he will most likely fall if he's doing a mock draft today. But again, it's really organizationally dependent. If if Washington jumps up to three, for example, that's a much different calculation than if another organization goes up to two or three. Yeah, that's true. Huh. With Ovechkin, yeah. So interesting. Yeah. Um, I want to ask about Leo Carlson on your ranking. You had him in that, that tier three group, um, obviously kind of dividing. And if you go read Corey's article in The Athletic, you can see the different tiers. But just what's the drop off? If there is any between, you know, Bedard, Fantilli and then Leo Carlson, is he still in that top group? Like when we were talking about the top end of this draft, is he still a high end talent or is he kind of a, a cut below? I don't know if he's on like Bedard or Fantilli's level as a player, but he's a really good hockey player. He would have been in the mix to be the first overall pick last season. I think like he, he has incredible skill in, in hockey sense. He competes well. He's a big forward. Uh, you know, the difference between him and like Fantilli would be, I think he's a little bit smarter than Fantilli, but Fantilli is, I think a better skater and has a little bit more physical edge to his game. What's really interesting with Carlson right now is after his season ended, he played wing all season with with Aubrey Bro in, in Sweden, and then he played wing with the with the World Junior Team too. But he's been with the Swedish Senior National Team now, and they have him as a center, and they have him playing center in a prominent role on that Senior Sweden Team right now. So I think there's a pretty strong chance he'll go to the World Championships if he goes there and he plays well. If he goes there and plays well as a center, that could reframe the conversation I think around him. But we'll see. You know, we're always keep watching hockey. You know, this, this, the process is not over yet. And uh, I think Carlson has some pretty important hockey games ahead of him still. I want to talk about the 2022 draft for just a second. You mentioned um, where Carlson might have gone there. And I know, obviously, time will tell. It's only been about a year since 2022. But if you had to, you know, right now, today, go back and redraft just the top five of 2022, how would you how would you do it? Well, I thought it was a nail biter going into that draft. Obviously, we know there's a lot of uncertainty of who the number one pick was going to be last year. Not a lot of uncertainty this year. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty last year who the number one pick is. And I think it's because those guys were so close. I thought Uri Slavkovsky, Shane Wright, Logan Cooley, some of those offensemen, they were pretty close to each other. And I think a year later, that is still the case. I still think it is, there is no clear cut number one. Uh, but I do think if I was picking number one, the debate for me would be, would be and not pandering to Coyote fans, it would, would be between Logan Cooley and Uri Slavkowski. I still would lean Slavkowski as I did this time last year, but it's by the thinnest of margins. And I think you can make really reasonable arguments to take Cooley ahead of him just because of the dynamic elements of his play, uh, his great season, the premium position, him playing down the middle. And then after him, I would probably go David Yerichek at three, Shane Wright at four, Yerchek had a great season between the American League and, and the World Juniors and got some games with Columbus as well. And then I would take uh, Kevin Korczynski at five, mm-hmm. I think. Uh, he's been fantastic this season in the WHL. 
Um, but I, I think, you know, Cutter Goche is in that mix. Simon Nemich is in that mix. Um, I think a lot of those guys, like I said, there's not a ton of differentiator between them as there would be, say, in this draft between one to five, one to six. Uh, and that's what made that draft so interesting and, and so much uh, drama going into last year's draft. Hey, hey, Corey, <laughs> as a, someone that follows this team for a very long time, what you just said is so frustrating because when you go back to McDavid, it was the first two. Coyotes pick three. This year it's the top five. Coyotes are at six. Like, are you like it's it's like you're just painful. Well, Mitch, Mitchkov is an asterisk, though. Okay, so that may be good. But let's talk about some of these names that we've we've already mentioned one of them. But let's get to some of the other names because clearly we've seen the lottery luck here in Arizona, and we know better. So it's not Bedard's season. It's someone else. And so we've talked about a little bit about Will Smith. Can you give us just a brief synopsis of what kind of player Will Smith is? Because his name has come up here a lot as a guy that's sure. in that next tier. Right. You know, you know, obviously they drafted Logan Cooley. He was the top center on the program, had a great year. He was the guy. Smith was the guy on the program this year playing the number one center role. Uh, you know, I think it might be illustrative to compare those two players just to give an idea of what Will Smith is. Uh, you know, I think Cooley's a better skater than Smith is. Smith is still a good skater, but Cooley was an exceptional skater, I think. Or, uh, and I think... You know, Cooley's just like a, like, a, like a nonstop engine. You know, he competes so hard. The feet are always moving. He's really fast. Whereas I think Smith maybe doesn't have like that high-end compete, that high-end motor, the high-end speed. But his his brain, they, they operate at different levels. You look at like, just pull up some of his shifts from the UAT and you watch him there. And some of the things he can pull up with the puck are just incredible. Uh, the, the way he makes these elite skill plays at high speed um, is really uh, unique. And I think this is a guy who I think could have more, maybe not be the two-way play driver that I think Cooley could be in the NHL, but I think he might have more offense in the NHL when it's all said mm. and done. I think his, his like mm. his skating is really skating is good, but it's the skill, the vision are all outstanding. He can shoot the puck. You know, I think this is a guy you think of. I think the debate's going to be whether he's for sure a center. I think with Cooley, because it's, I think because of the things I mentioned, I think you feel he's for sure an NHL center. I think Smith is probably an NHL center, not a lock. But if he does, I mean, you got a you know a really you know elite playmaking potentially a first line center in the in the mix there in Smith. Well, okay, let's go over to Slovakia now because I think Coyotes fans need to start to get familiar with names outside of that big group of five and we're talking about Dalibor Dvorsky so where does he project in your draft and what kind of a player and maybe even a step farther and is there any comparables in the NHL today so people can go oh okay that makes sense that kind of guy yeah, like, I mean, when I, even though Will Smith was voted MVP of the U18s, for my money, I voted for Dvorsky. I thought he was the best player there. Slovakia wow. had no, had, had no business being in the medal round. They had no business potentially beating Canada um, in, in the bronze medal game, but they came really close in all those instances. You know, they knocked out Finland in, in, in the quarterfinal, and that was just the play of Dvorsky. I think he factored in on something ridiculous, like three quarters of their goal or something like that. It was, um, you know, a really impressive performance and it wasn't just the, the shot it wasn't just the skill like this guy was in it every night he was competing hard winning battles uh, the only knock on him would be the skating so that's why i don't think he's like the top five echelon but i think you know they said picking six they're picking 12 i think he's gonna go somewhere in that range mm -hmm. starting at six maybe going as low as 10 11 12 i think that's 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 his ballpark right there and i the question is going to be does he for sure stick down the middle um when you because of the skating but i think there's a possibility that he could be like a william carlson kind of player oh, okay. 
piece of a, of a top of a top uh, 18 right now in the NHL. If he goes to the wing, you know, maybe, you know, it could be like a Philip Forsberg type of player. Like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see with time what he ends up being. Like the skating is the one knock, skating one knock on, the, on those two Swedes uh, at the time of their drafts. Uh, but I think this is a really good hockey player. And he had his, his best hockey of the season, in my opinion, was right there at the end. He had a really nice season, uh, played against men all season. That could be tough for those 17-year-olds at times to really excel. But this is a guy also with a rich track record of scoring. And I, and I think he's going to be a, a rather high draft pick when it's all said and done. You mentioned Tom Wielander earlier. I keep looking at his name and thinking of the tennis player Mats Wielander, and I want to say it that way, <laughs> but it's not that way. Um, anyway, uh, same same questions. If you can dive into the details of his game a little bit and then maybe sure. project where he sits in the NHL. Right. This came into the season as not an amazing draft for defensemen, and, but I think it's you've seen guys emerge. Wielander definitely emerged. David Reinbacher in, in Switzerland definitely emerged. And I think you look at this Coyotes organization in a post-Ekman-Larsen era, um, and Victor Sosham's development is just going okay right now. I think you look at those two guys, and I think you, if you're doing a mock draft, you got to start talking about either of them as potential landing spots for the Coyotes because um, mm-hmm. they, they really need those kind of high echelon D prospects right now. Uh, mm-hmm. Willander is an exceptional skater, one of the best skaters in the draft. Um, you know, he moves – the offense is incredible, um, but he's a competes well, excellent, excellent skater, you know, good, not great offense. They kind of said some similar things about Jake Sanderson in his draft year, and, and, and that's worked out well so far. Like, I think Will Lander, it was, he wasn't always considered a for sure slam dunk first rounder, uh, but his play the U18s, I think, solidified his status in that regard. And I think whether it's top 15, top 10, I think he's going to be a really high draft pick. And I think with one of those two first round picks, I think he has to be firmly in the Coyotes discussion. All right, let's come back across the pond and talk about Moose Jaw's Braden Jaeger. And yes, I love saying Moose Jaw. Just love saying it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jaeger is a you know, two-way center. Uh, you know, it's been a guy who's been a really highly rated in that age group for a long time. Played his best hockey right at the end of the season. I think what was interesting is that uh, Moose Jaw went into that playoff series with Winnipeg as a heavy underdog, at least in the minds of many who observe that league. And they gave him a run for their money. Sorry, I think I got cut out there. Yeah, and and they went to that series as a heavy underdog, and they gave Winnipeg a run for their money, and that was primarily based on the play of Brayden Yeager, who was around two points per game in that playoff run, mm-hmm. and on a team against a team with loaded, you know, Matt Savoy, uh, Arizona's Connor Geeky, Zach Benson, all guys who have gone very high in the draft, or we, we think will go high in the draft. Um, you know, I think you know, Jaeger matched up against those guys and played really, really well. He skates really well. He's a really competitive. He shoots the puck at a high level. Uh, he's got skill. The size is the one thing uh, that will knock against him. Um, and, and why I'm not sure. I think he's more in the mix for the second first round pick more than the first pick. But I think he will go in the teams that are NHL teams that are very high on this on this player. And I think they, they view him as a guy who has a chance to be a really nice two way second line center in the NHL. All right, last guy we want to ask you about today, um, Vancouver and Slovakia, is Samuel Hanzek. Yeah, and Hanzek is a guy whose stock has risen uh, throughout the course of the season. Uh, you know, a lot of decision makers with very high picks are going in to watch him late in the season. Uh, and that's primarily just that the, the toolkit's really unique. He's 6'4", he skates well, um, produced really good offense in that league. It wasn't, you know, at the, you know, the highest echelon of point production, but it's, it was pretty high up there. You know, he does this while killing penalties. He can run a power play. He can play at the net front. Um, you can shoot the puck well. Like, there's a lot of 
boxes he checks. There's really no discernible weakness in his game for me. And when you start talking about guys with no real holes in their game, they those guys go really high in the draft. I think you talk to people in the league and they say, you know, whether it's like seven to 13, eight to 12. So kind of right in that sandwich between those two picks. I think, yeah, you know, he's in that conversation just because I think he looks like an all day top six NHL forward. Is he going to be an incredible scorer? I probably wouldn't say that yet, but I think he looks like a guy who's, you know, he reminds me a lot of Pavel Zaka, who up until a couple of weeks ago looked like he was an important part of a top team in the NHL. Well, I sit here today and a year ago, I thought for sure the Coyotes were going to be last and, fighting for the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Clearly, they overachieved and finished sixth. The message I want to leave Coyote fans with today from you is that six and lottery be damned, they fall to seven. Is there still a player that can play in the NHL available at six, seven, and eight that can help this hockey club? And can Coyotes fans still have hope? Yeah, I think there's going to be a good player. Like, you're not... Yes, obviously, there's going to be significant drop-offs from one to three, three to five... In, in, in this draft, maybe more than in a different draft because of the, of the high-end abilities at the very top. But I think if you're talking like five to seven, I think David Reinbacher is an extremely good prospect. You mentioned before, we're talking about the top five in last year's draft. I think he's comparable as a prospect to David Yurichek. Like I think he's a, this is a really good hockey player. You know, Will Smith is a, an excellent hockey player. He, I think you can have really you know, good arguments about him versus Logan Cooley. Uh, you know, you talk about, like I said, Dvorsky, Nate Danielson is a guy I'm really, really high on. I think will be a really good player for a long time. So I think there's, there are good players, yes, but they don't rise to the level of Bedard and Fantilli. I think those are the guys that realistically change the direction of an organization uh, and, and, how they, and how they rebuild. But I do think you're going to get, you know, a really good hockey player at five, six, seven, and things change. You know, frankly, not every fifth overall pick is made the same. We were talking about Ottawa before. I know they didn't win the lottery. They got the third pick that year and, and the fifth pick, and they didn't get the prize of that draft, which was Alexi Lafreniere. They just, all they ended up with was Tim Stutzel and Jake <laughs> Sanderson. So all, all you can right. do is identify the best player you think is available. And a lot of it is luck and, and make and, and how the next five years of the development go. Yeah. Well, Corey, we can't thank you enough. Your insight is super valuable. Um, and I know Coyotes fans are really looking forward to hearing from you. So thank you. And we'll hopefully see you in Nashville at the draft. Right. Sure. Thank you. All right. Thanks, thanks so much, Corey. Corey. Take Appreciate care. it. Awesome. Well, a lot to unpack there. Um, so you As guys, always. you guys uh, digest what Corey just told us. Um, and before we discuss more, um, last night's playoff games were insane and if you were betting especially on that late game you were probably on the edge of your seat all night long um, but hopefully you won yourself some money on bet mgm i know a lot of people had money out on these games and soon we'll be able to bet on the nhl draft as well so lots of great stuff to bet on with at bet mgm so make sure you sign up and use the bonus code phnx when you do there's a few different offers depending on where you live but for our arizona audience you'll get up to a hundred dollars in bonus bets on your first wager with bet mgm again make sure you use the bonus code phnx you can check out the show notes for full details and now you can listen to shane talk about the disclaimer 
Disclaimer, 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. Awesome. Thank you, Shane, for that. And if you're watching us on YouTube, you see all this great stuff on our set behind us. And a lot of it was sent from our friends at FOCO. Uh, they're awesome. They're the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise, the product line that includes apparel, accessory, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. Um, and especially if you were ever in the commish studio, like pretty much everything on there is from FOCO. So be sure to check them out. They always have our back for Arizona sports and they have yours too. Get the best gear around by visiting FOCO com and using code PHNX for all non-presale items, use the promo code PHNX for 10% off. All right, let's uh, dive into what Corey said. Initial takeaways, Craig, Well, you I'm start. just hung up on the point that PD made. It's just Tell what we, I do. When you hear the players that he's talked about, I know, you know, I know. But when you add Carlson and Smith to the mix, you've got uh, a draft that's five deep on really, really strong players, either NHL All-Stars or generational players. And the Coyotes are sitting six. How in the it's hell like, does this happen, Craig? <laughs> like, I swear to God. Like, it was the Eichel draft. There was two. There were two. There were two. They got third. There were two. They got third. Like, it is just absolutely crazy what this franchise has had to put up with when it comes to the lottery. There is no way a year ago right now that I thought this team was going to be six to lap. I said worst team ever. How many third period rallies did we watch at Wait, Mullet? wait, what's the point? Dude, yeah. right now, do I give a shit that they won a game in November? Nope. No. It just, it just drives me nuts. I will say one thing, though. And we talk about the Russian. So I went back to the 2015 draft, and I don't know if you remember that was McDavid. Yeah. So we all remember McDavid Strom. There was a Russian in that draft, Kirill Kaprizov. Yeah. S- similar concerns that he was going to be there longer. Not quite the player that they're expecting um, for this year's draft, but he is right now. If you redrafted right now, he's number two. Behind McDavid. He's two. He Right now, if you projected points per game, second behind McDavid. What? Like, so he was drafted in the fifth round. Yeah. And he is now the second best player from a crop that I'm throwing in Eichel and Marner. I'm still taking Kirill Kaprizov above all of those guys. Yeah. So there's still hope, Coyotes fans, to find that guy, find that diamond in the rough. And if it may be, Matt Vay-Mitchkov. Let me ask you this. Okay, so with all his concerns, and the war throws another wrinkle into this, and then I don't know how much people know about the ownership of the club he belongs to, but they're very pro-Putin. Let me put it that way, okay? So if Putin is anti-American, anti-North American, this club is anti-North American. So that throws another wrinkle into this. But if you are sitting there at six, and those players that we just talked about are all gone, those, those, those top players, but you still have the possibility of drafting Matvey Mishkov with all those wrinkles and the fact that he's not coming for three seasons. He's gone for three seasons. Do you pass on it for one of those next guys for a known commodity? I feel really good at him at 12. I love yeah, him at but 12. But is he going to fall to 12? And I don't know. For all the arguments you made, and I look at the Kirill Kaprizov model, he was projected more in the, in the late thirds, not fifth. But that's a much different animal than you're yeah. talking about a top 12 pick. Do you want to waste the number six pick on a player that you don't know if he's ever going to come? I, th- I think 
this particular one, like Corey was the first draft expert we're talking to. The draft lottery is Monday, and then we'll talk to our next draft expert after that. I think seeing the way it shakes out, like Corey said, like if let's just say Washington moves up, who Washington moved up in our draft lottery um, simulations all the time. It was bizarre. Um, I think that can tell us a lot because what if like let's just say a crazy scenario happens and Ottawa like moves up to seventh and coyotes are picking six seven like yeah. that well, would they, be they a can't, situation they can't move into that spot but they can they can move, move into two three four i think ottawa can't move into seven spot yeah but well, but if if, if ottawa, they move if, up a if little ottawa moves up if they jump up the coyotes don't get that pick only it's, to the top five yeah but that's they can't jump into those other picks i don't believe that is so dumb but yeah. either way we're talking about a guy that, that does it uh, and you're right after monday maybe the coyotes <sighs> yeah you're right knock on wood maybe they're maybe they Never are mind. two maybe they are one and then we don't have to worry about yeah, Matt. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it. But like, I remember Craig Button saying this to me a while back. Like the Coyotes would be in the perfect spot with that second pick if he falls. Well, what if he's there at six? And as Corey just said, the drop off between Massive. that player and who comes next is, like you said, like a An second line, forty-point, yeah, right wing. Yep. Holy shit! Do you really pass on a guy who could be a generational talent All star? I don't know. I wouldn't want to be in that position. That's a really yeah. tough time frame call still works. I'm okay with the time frame. I'm yeah, okay with the coyotes, but do you know he's coming? Right. Do you, yeah. You, and, you, and as you, you said, they all come eventually. So maybe you you weigh that into the calculus and say to your ownership, look, he's not going to be here for three years, but that works with our timeline. Yeah, but you you, you look at and, and we, I'll just throw it one more time to Kirill Kaprizov. When you looked at what they went through waiting for him. They, during those years when he was in Russia, like, oh, yeah, he's a nice player over there, but he's still in Russia. And he, well, I kind of heard of him. I kind of know him. But when he joins the club the next year, he's phenomenal. Like, he, he's ready to play because he's played with men in professional leagues for the last three years. That's not like, oh, is he is he Shane Wright? We'll send him down to the American League. Is he ready? No, he's played against men in a men's league. He's ready to play tomorrow. Yeah. So does he develop there or develop here? It's really irrelevant if... He comes after the three yeah, he years. He might be plug and play. If he comes after the three years, he's plug and play on a team that's ready to make the playoffs and yeah. ready to win. I take a chance on uh, Austin Matthews' wing, of course, hundred <laughs> percent. And if you With read, Matthew if Nines. you read um, Corey's article in the Athletic, which I highly recommend you do, the the way he has the tiers, he has Mitchkov in that tier two, which is projected elite NHL player, and only Adam Fantilli and Matt Van Mitchkov are the only two in that tier. Connor Bedard's all on his own in tier one, and then it's. You know, lower yeah. from there. It's it's a this is like to me the biggest storyline of of the draft. Risk it reward, is. It risk is. reward. And it's fascinating. It's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Yep. Yeah, and like he said, it depends who you talk to. Yeah, their their executives are like, oh, no, we'll we'll take him now, and yeah. then their guys are like, Oof. yeah, be careful. Yeah, yeah, interesting. It really is. It yep. is. Um, it was also interesting to hear him talk about Will Smith when we had Chris Peters on the show earlier in the season. It was the first time. We all heard about Will Smith, and then it became a joke all season long. Oh, the Coyotes are going to be picking Will Smith. But at this point, Will Smith seems like it would be a great pick for the Coyotes, where that means they move up um, to five at least. I don't know if he'll make it past five, but um, it was it was cool to see who's rising, who's falling. And it was, I thought it was interesting to hear how much the Americans, the Slovakians, the Swedes are on the rise and how the Canadians are the ones on the, the downward and it's just cool to see yeah. the evol- the evolution who won that of tournament the That's US. right buddy the United States <laughs> who they beat oh they beat Sweden because Canada well, wasn't Canada there Canada wasn't there no but huh. there were some as was you, it a world as you noted there were some players missing oh okay but yeah, yeah the United just States saying. won just it, it's interesting um any other takeaways from talking to Corey? no it just it gets you it gets this group and the fan base for the Coyotes thinking about other names 
And I think yeah. that, that that's an important step between now and the draft is we need to become well-versed in Coping. names that aren't Bedard. <laughs> maybe we don't. Maybe, maybe, maybe Monday at 8 o'clock. Either one or two is fine. Eastern, we're sitting there going, oh, we don't have to talk about anything. We can just cancel all of our draft prospects shows and just call them the Connor Bedard celebration shows. It's going to happen sometime, doesn't it? I, I we would think so. happen sometime. Five days yes. a week till the draft. Sorry, all of the guys that we've invited for all of our draft prospect reports. We are now canceling you and we're just going to throw parties. 17 non-playoff seasons and they've never had a top two pick. What the hell? Yeah, and if you want to get more depressed, you can read Craig's article this morning at gophnx.com. <laughs> um, and yeah, looking at like the tankathon odds, and you're right, you're right, Craig. I I never they change the lottery stuff so much. I they, never they fully yeah, they understand. They tinker with it a which lot, which you break down in your story this morning as well. So Ottawa, yeah, they're either moving to the top five, which screws the Coyotes, or they're picking at twelve, thirteen, or fourteen. Right. Um, best odds to pick at twelve, which. Again, in our Tankathon simulations, we saw Ottawa, except for one time, which we won't talk about, um, Ottawa stuck at 12 pretty consistently. Um, so you can expect that. But for the Coyotes, I mean, once you get out of that top three, they actually have a better chance of picking seventh than sixth, which is stupid and dumb. Um, but I'm glad. I completely agree. I've written that in the past. <laughs> how, should, how should you have better odds at picking lower than your actual position in the standings? How is that okay? It's so dumb. So I'm glad you asked. And people have explained it to me mathematically, but I'm like, I, I don't care. I don't care. It, you should have the best ads of picking right where you are. Mm -hmm. That's how it should work. Figure it out. I know. I agree. So I'm glad you asked, is there a player at six yeah. or seven? And, you know, it was, an, it was a nice answer. Picking in the top 10 of the NHL draft <laughs> is, you know. You just don't know. It's good, but. You just don't know. No. Man, you just want to be in the, that top two. That's where you get the guys. By and large, that's where you get the guys. Ugh. It's so upsetting. It's so upsetting to think about. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, let's uh, let's see how it all shakes out Monday. We will be previewing the draft lottery on tomorrow's show. So bring your good vibes to that show because we're going to do some manifesting. Sean DePaz will be running the entire show. With his with his good vibes. Yeah, with his good vibes for the, the, uh, the Buffalo lottery. Sabres fan. Yeah, but exactly. Bring that kind of energy like because the Sabres are one of. The lottery's darlings. They have a lot of luck in the lottery, unlike the Coyotes. So bring those vibes, Sean. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, but for whoever does get drafted here or eventually moves here when it's time for them to play for the Coyotes, which might not be now, might be in a couple years, um, I'll help them check out their new place with more furniture, um, the best furniture in the Valley, furnish my new house um, and for those guys as well. I know it's overwhelming. It's a lot moving to a new place, a new city, but let more furniture take care of you with their white glove delivery, which is just so stress-free. It all comes. They set it up for you. You don't have to worry. Um, so you can save big on the best furniture in the Valley when you head to morefurniture.com, M-O-R, furniture.com. And also for all the guys new to Arizona, especially if you're coming from Sweden or Russia where, you know, it's gray, it's gray. You're going to need some sunglasses here, okay? It is, this is a bright place. Um, you need sunglasses 365 days of the year, even when it's cloudy. It's not an exaggeration. If you've never been to Arizona, um, then you're not ready for the sun. And that's why Shady Rays is, we're so happy to be partnered with them because not only do they provide stylish sunglasses, they provide them at an amazing price. I, scrolling their website, I couldn't believe the, the, the prices and the styles, like how amazing the styles were. We all have Shady Rays, love our Shady Rays. Mm -hmm. uh, I wear mine literally every single day. That is not an exaggeration. Um, so check out Shady Rays. And if you don't love them, 
you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. So they have, you know, a quality guarantee and and just check them out. And they have an amazing deal going on exclusively for our listeners. They're giving out the best deal of the season. You can go to ShadyRays.com and use code PHNX for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses so you can try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Make sure you don't miss out on that. All right, let's stick on the future. Um, the Coyotes just did a ELC signing today. Mm-hmm. Aku Ratu. 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 As Ratu. You know who did they sign yesterday? Uh, Maximilian Zuba. So two great names. Uh, to ELCs, <laughs> they're the, like they, I can see them at the at the table of Bond villains, both of them <laughs> planning the next plot. Catching a cat, Maximilian Zubar and Akuratu. Bond, James Bond. Uh, so they made perfect. that signing today. Did I tell the story of sitting with in the airport with? I the have no idea. Coyote I don't scout? listen to you. Oh, last very week, much. I don't know if I did when you I was didn't. telling the story of the umbrella um, at Pearson. I sat next to a former Coyote scout um, who was part of scouting Michelli, by the way. And he so funny because we were just chatting coyotes. Um, and he said to me, oh, they, they got to get Ratu signed. Like they got to get him signed. So that was the first thing wow. I thought of today when I saw that he was Seriously. signed was seeing this former coyote scout telling me they got to get him signed. So that made me hopeful. Obviously, Craig's um, checked in on him and his prospect reports. But Craig, uh, two, two, I guess, necessary moves for the Coyotes. Can we? Ex- yeah, I thought so. I mean, uh, Zuba really blew them away with the way he developed this season. So they wanted to get him locked up. You know, obviously Julian Lutz was the the higher draft pick, but had some injuries. So we'll see how he develops over in the DEL. But Zuber, the big big kid, moves well. It's going to be interesting to see him come into the sim. We'll see. We'll see how they use him uh, at this point. But as Corey just mentioned, they need defensive prospects in this organization badly. So. We'll see how he makes the next step. Akuratu had a terrific season, um, and and his rights were set to expire on June 1st. So it was decision time, and that's what I wrote about in the prospect report. Lee Stepniak, who I had talked to, was really high on the way he was playing of late. So this made sense for them as well. Of course, the one guy we're still waiting on, and there's no update. There's no update. Just status quo. Craig's checking in. Don't worry. Logan Cooley. Still no decision. I know there's a lot of people wondering, is he waiting for the vote? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't been able to confirm that. Or the lottery. or I don't know. I don't know, but, but we don't have a decision on Logan Cooley's future yet. But I mean, yeah, maybe he's waiting fine. to see who enters the transfer portal heading to the U. Uh, I don't know. That's true. What does the team look like next year for him? I don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah. Speaking of waiting rookies. Waiting for the real estate prices to come down in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> the Calder finalists will be announced today. So keep your fingers crossed that we see Matias Michelli. Matias Michelli's name on that list. I hope so. How are you guys feeling about it? I, I, I think he's got a really good chance to be a finalist. Um, just You guys saw that I polled a lot of actual yeah. voters anonymously. And he was top three on a lot of votes. So there's a lot that I didn't talk to. So we'll, we'll see. I, I'm I'm almost certain he's going to be a top five guy at this point. I think he's top five. I don't can, think he's top three. Can he crack top three? We'll I think see. the Arizona playing here is going to hurt him. And I don't think he's going to get it. I could I don't see think that happening. I think he's fifth. It's too bad. So that's just my I, I, I'm trying to be like like Leah did with hedging her bets, betting on Tampa in the first round. I'm going to say he's outside the top three. And if he does, I'll be happy. But I, I think he's five. That is it's too brought, bad. You but brought your negative PD hat today. I did. I did bring my negative PD. There's no doubt <laughs> it's about because it. because he's drinking coffee out of a Toronto Maple Leafs cup. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Matias Michelli to be in the top three. We want to talk to Matias on 
We need at the NHL Awards. We need it. Yes, we need Matthias, it, please, Matthias. Because Matthias, Matthias. who's going to be at the NHL Awards? We are. We are. PHNX Coyotes. Nashville. And extended PHNX Coyotes. Do I have to go to the award show? Can you guys do that? You don't have to go do anything. You're going to be doing DP buddy? and I. Got with, he, yeah. DP and I got plans. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can go to the award show. I because the award show to me just sounds like it's just long. That just sounds too long. It, it is long. You'll be at Tootsie's. I'll but be they, at Tootsie's. You know, the great thing about the NHL award shows, they, they bring all the players to the podium. You can talk to all yeah, these guys. HK. Like, I'd, you can do that. Petey's like, oh, I've been in the coach. No, but room. I don't need to talk I've to him. You can talk to, to him and ask him all the questions. Sean and I can watch it on TV. won't make it five feet on Broadway because he's going to run into 10,000 people he knows. That's the truth. That's true. what he's going to be so doing. He'll be on Broadway hugging He's, he's going to say, I'm on my friends. way to Tootsie's. Can you imagine? And we'll come out and he's going to only have made it 20 feet. Because can you imagine? Like at the ice stand, how bad it is? Can you imagine there? Yeah. Oh, boy, how Yeah. Or if, if you've ever just walked into Mullet Arena oh, I forgot the last draft I went to. Ooh. The uh, the security guard at Mullet literally says to me, Petey and Shane Doan are on the same level of can't walk 10 feet yep. inside Mullet. Wow. <laughs> yeah, she said, Laura, that. shout out Laura. Um, all right. Well, before we wrap up, a couple things. Any thoughts on last night's playoff games? <sighs> You're idiots. I just will say this. If you're going to pull up your Bet MGM Sportsbook app. Take whatever I say and do the exact opposite because I yep. don't know anything about hockey. <laughs> Not good at hockey. I don't know. I don't get it. I thought Dallas was the better team last night. Seattle wins. Andrew looked human last night for the first time in the playoffs. I, Seattle played well, and they belong where they are right now. I, I don't mean that. I just thought with Pavelski back, Dallas would win this game. They don't. The first game, Toronto's at home. Got the got the big step over the first round. They were going to be, oh, they're going to be lights out against. No. Matthew Chuck carries them again. I'm just wrong. Yeah, we're, we could get all four. Well, sure we'll see we what could. happens tonight. But like at this point, I am, and I tweeted this, I'm all on board. Let's go. Let's just do it. Chaos. Seattle, Maximum Vegas, chaos. in the Western Conference Finals, Carolina, Florida, in the East. Maximum Let's just chaos. Do Let's do it. I'm That's here it. for it. As I pointed out to Craig, it would be beautiful if two teams that didn't exist five years ago and two teams <laughs> south of the Mason-Dixon line were <laughs> Are all the in. final Watch four Watch the purest heads explode. It would be yeah. such a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> it would. I do have one piece of news to that I Ooh, just got actually breaking. And, yeah, and and this is straight from Maricopa County recorder Stephen Richer, um, whose name I want to pronounce like Stefan Richer. By the yeah. way, that just <laughs> is worse for me because it's a hockey name. But anyway, I, I asked him. I asked through a source, which who knows him, which happens to be my wife, um, <laughs> if we get an update on ballots cast in the in the election, the special election. So here's what I got back from Stephen Richer. The city of Tempe has 89,575 registered eligible voters for this election. Typical turnout for an off-cycle jurisdictional election is about 33%. As of yesterday, we had received back 16,212 ballots for the Tempe election, which is 18.1%. So there it is. That's, that's what we've got right now. Obviously, you can't tell me the results. Right, yeah. but with a week to, to go. That. But you have a sense of the Two turnout. And, and we know, you know, like you said, normal turnout is 33%. We're at 18 a lot of people wait until sure they yeah. do the last minute and, to and mail drop, them in. Or, or drop them off at a polling place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Two, two weeks from this day. Is it two weeks from today? No, no, no. Two weeks from this day, we will then know. Then why did you say two weeks from today? Because you didn't let me finish my sentence. Two weeks from right now, we will know if oh. the vote passed. And we'll have somebody in studio, I believe. We will. Two weeks from right now, we will? We yeah. will. Do I need to go to meetings or something? Maybe you should just read your texts. Okay. I have no idea who we have coming in. Well, we'll tell you when we we'll get off you. air. We'll tell you. You're on a need-to-know basis. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, Pete, let me make sure you know vote. about these 
upcoming days. Okay, get out uh, this, and vote. Yeah, please vote if you live in Tempe. Um, this Friday, Knockout Nights Cornhole Tournament kicks off. Let's this go. Friday, we're doing first Fridays, the first Friday of every month at the BetMGM Sportsbook. And starting at 7 p.m. this Friday, Knockout Nights Cornhole Tournament. Um, you'll It's free to enter. There's food and beverage specials, sportsbook matches, giveaways. The PHNX crew, we're going to be going live from there all day. So make sure you come out. Are stop we by. We are. 11, okay. we'll do a little Friday fun Cinco de Mayo. Oh, it's Cinco de Mayo too? Yeah. It's going to be a fun day. So uh, join us out there and become a diehard at gophnx.com slash diehard. If you're not already, you get 20% off on merchandise, 20% off on events, including our trip to Nashville, which we have just been talking about. Um, there's a lot yeah, of come to Nashville. really fun stuff planned. And if you're a diehard, you're, there's a special link for you to buy your tickets. Um, so we hope to see you there. I know a lot of people have bought tickets already. It's what gonna are we going to be, be doing in Nashville? A blast. Oh, you know, just like drinking on a boat. Going to a winery. Love an exile, um, baby. You can read about it on meetups, live shows. It's going to be a blast. You can you can chug a uh, can of pizza wine. You can literally shotgun it and then smash it, attach it to a wall, and write your name on or it. Or you, you can do it, love an exile. Because that's what I'm going to do. Hey, or, I, I, I think I did a pretty fair job with that beer bong that I had at uh, Fort yeah, Peaks. Yeah, you did. So. Good point. I was, I was surprised you that did. I survived that. it like Johnny Venerable. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> and uh, you'll just be able to hang out with us in Nashville. It's going to be a lot of fun. So become a diehard today. Check out the phnxlocker.com to grab your membership, receive exclusive content discounts on all events and merch, and access to our Discord chats. And uh, we just mentioned Four Peaks. I've been drinking Four Peaks every night of the playoffs. I just love drinking beer and watching hockey. Um, so make sure you grab Four Peaks wherever you buy your beer. And I mentioned yesterday, Teacher Appreciation Week starts next week, May 8th. Thank a teacher and nominate them to win grants, Four Peaks swag, and a grand prize of a custom makeover of their teacher's lounge at Should school. Should be thanking teachers anyway. By yeah, way. exactly. So go to fourpeaksforteachers.org to nominate a teacher or to donate. Um, so thanks to our friends at Four Peaks for that. You can check out Four Peaks Brew or Four Peaks Pub on Instagram um, to keep up with the latest at Arizona's hometown brewery. And if you're going to drink Four Peaks, you must be 21 or older and please drink responsibly. All right. Anything else? That's it. I'm good. All right. Do it well, again tomorrow. Yep. Tomorrow we're talking all things draft lottery. Bring the positive vibes. We're going to preview it and and preview how. Uh, yeah, we'll recap a little bit. It might be a little somber, but. We might um, open some old wounds. Maybe we'll also project good vibes into the universe. So join us tomorrow, 11 a.m. PHNX Sports YouTube channel. Thank you again to Corey Pronman for joining us today. Um, just great insight from him as always. And uh, everybody. Thanks so much. You can follow us on Twitter at SPDosaki, at Leah Merrill, at Craig S. Morgan, at Sean underscore DePause. Follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. See you all tomorrow at 11 a.m. And now taking us out, Craig, is uh, Gordon Lightfoot. And please, please. We got rights. We got rights to this. I'm, I'm going to lay this out there. <laughs> Jacob's freaking out right now. Jacob is freaking out. But I literally, con I told you yesterday on the show, I had contacted the company that owns the rights to Gordon Lightfoot's music, and the general counsel got back to me and said, go for it, and thank you for highlighting the work of the great Canadian singer, Gordon Lightfoot. So here we go, the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. The legend lives on from the Chippewa on down of the big lake they call Gitchagumi. 
The lake it is said never gives up her dead When the skies of November turn gloomy With a load of iron ore 26,000 tons more Than the Edmund Fitzgerald weighed empty That good ship and true was a bone to be chewed When the gales of November came early The ship was the pride of the American side Coming back from some mill in Wisconsin As the big freighters go, it was bigger than most With a crew and good captain well seasoned Concluding some terms with a couple of steel firms When they left fully loaded for Cleveland Then later that night when the ship's bell rang Could it be the north wind they'd been feeling? Tattletail sound and the wave broke over the railing. And every man knew 